0: Thank you for pressing play. My name is Bob, and I believe it's quite possible that the greatest living source of wisdom on this here planet Earth is none other than Oprah. I'm not fucking around. And one of my Oprah-isms that I've always gravitated towards is Oprah says authentic is the most important thing you can be. So tonight, Fish B is here, but Fish B is just going to be over there as my emotional support fishbowl. Thank you, Fish B. Yes, we, we know you're here. Because today, I don't know, my emotions are swirling between anger and sadness. Should I cry or punch a hole in the wall? Should I cry or rage against the machine? Should I cry and just start? I, you know, whatever. Well, I'm not going to cry. I don't think. But there are six stories that I want to relate today. The first one is going to be about a church targeted by neo Nazi flyers in my own backyard. The second, Gina Rodriguez, the star of Jane the Virgin. And she did something on her Instagram and now she's in trouble. But it's actually a pretty heavy story. And this isn't making news. But I've got to tell you about these Nigerian boys and what they've been through. And then today I went to get a burrito. Overheard Sean Hannity on the radio, and he upset me, as uh, happens sometimes. I understand that's part of his job, to elicit emotional responses, but... We'll get to Hannity. And then meanwhile, at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, a lot of action... And then, believe it or not, we're going to end the show with a story about Sandy Hook and the massacre there. And you would think that would be the biggest downer, but we're actually going to end the show on an upswing. That's actually the happy story. I'm, I'm not sure exactly how long we're going to go. It just kind of is what it is. As the podcast king of Spokangeles, located in the Pacific Northwest United States, planet Earth, still subscribe to the newspaper. Our local is called the Spokesman Review. And you get to the Northwest section, our local section, section B. And the headline is, Church Targeted by Neo-Nazi Flyers. This is a local church. And before I get to it, I think it's important that you know that this is not an isolated incident. This is happening all the time around here. And the thing about Spokane, this is one of the whitest places on planet Earth. If this place isn't white enough for you, God help you. We're also, I'm currently about a half hour away from Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, and Coeur d'Alene, Idaho is about a half hour from Hayden, Idaho, where these neo-Nazis used to have a big fort, a big powwow, and they would have parades in downtown Coeur d'Alene once a year because freedom of speech and the right to peaceably assemble. Can't deny them that right, but... So anyway, there's uh, there's also a big move for... Uh, eastern Washington, and parts of northern Idaho and Montana to become a 51st state called Liberty. And one of the chief tenets of the state of Liberty, I believe, is racism, based on the people involved in it. So there's a little background here. Headline, church targeted by neo-Nazi flyers. Morning Star Baptist finds propaganda calling for genocide. In today's spokesman review. A neo-Nazi group that calls for a race war and promotes terrorist attacks against Jews and people of color has claimed responsibility for flyers that appeared Monday outside a church in North Spokane. The flyers were taped to signposts and electrical poles surrounding Morningstar Baptist Church. They featured swastikas and other neo-Nazi symbols, as well as messages such as, quote, "'Turn your sadness into rage.'" And, quote, It's okay to genocide subhumans. End quote. One flyer featured an image of Adolf Hitler and the words, quote, The war never ended and we keep fighting. End quote. A group called the fuhrkrieg I'm intentionally mispronouncing their name, I believe. The Führkrieg division, took credit for the propaganda on the encrypted messaging app Telegram, which has become a favorite platform of hate groups over the past year. Hooray for Telegram. You're really doing it. The group posted photos of the flyers taken at night and credited, quote, our recently opened Washington cell. Though there is no evidence the group has a large presence in the area. This makes me sick and angry. And as I mentioned before, this is... Spokane is basically 97% white, and then maybe 1% Asian, 1% Latina, 1% black. I'm, I'm just... That's a rough estimate, but I don't think it would be racist if you were out and actually saw a real-life black person. I wouldn't call them a unicorn, but rare. Rare. Not known for its diversity. Spokangelus. And so... But we are, we are a large city. I mean, there's thousands and thousands of black people here. We're a population of over 300,000. But I've gotten to the point where I feel like I've got to do something about this. And how do I do it? First, I thought I was going to start taunting these fuckers on this podcast give them my full name, my cell phone, say, hey, if you want to pick on somebody, pick on the white guy, because they hate black folks, but they really hate white guys who procreated and made beautiful little mixed babies. And that's what I did. And they're the most beautiful kids you've ever seen in your life. But this Morningstar Church... It turns out their pastor, or reverend I'm not familiar with, I've never been to a Baptist church, uh, or I've been to a couple, but not this particular one. Mostly I'm there for weddings and funerals. But there's a a group, Spokane Community Against Racism. It has an acronym SCAR, S-C-A-R, Spokane Community Against Racism. But I'm going to find out when their meetings are, and if they'll have me, I would sure like to join and contribute what, 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 whatever I can. And to all my Caucasian friends listening in Spokanjelas, I encourage you to do the same. Because if you think this racist fight is, is just for black folks, you are surely mistaken. Look no further than Martin Luther King's letter from the Birmingham jail, where he talked about the perpetuation of racism, and his concern was, 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 not, was not black folks, and his concern was not racist. His concern is too many white folks would stay on the sidelines and not get involved and not speak up because the status quo is working fine for them. So I think this group more than anything, and I'm not speaking for the group, I don't haven't been yet, but my hunch is they could use as many white allies as they could find. And they have a white ally in me. Because this shit, enough, 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 enough. And maybe it's just one nut, but There's more than one nut around here. That's for damn sure. I mentioned this actress, Gina Rodriguez, Jane the Virgin. One of the favorite shows of one of my beautiful mixed children. But she's in some internet hot water, and here's why. It sticks with our racial theme. This also from my newspaper. See? You can still subscribe. At least get the online version. Some way, somehow, support local journalism because it's fucking important. Even though this is a national story. Headline, Rodriguez apologizes for singing N-word lyric. And of course, Gina Rodriguez. If you know who she is, she's obviously Latin. Uh, Gina Rodriguez apologized for singing along on her Instagram story, to a Fuji's verse that included the N-word. The Jane the Virgin actress deleted the video she posted Tuesday and replaced it with her apology, but not before memes and backlash ensued. Rodriguez said she's a longtime Fuji's and Lauren Hill fan and didn't mean to offend anyone. She sang along to Ready or Not, and recited the racial slur as she sat in a makeup chair. There's enough real problems in the world. If these if these race warriors for justice and peace, you wanna go after her? You wanna you wanna go after Gita Rodriguez? When here in Spokane, any town USA? Racist flyers? There's a fucking racist who lives at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. Yet somehow you have the time and the energy to attack this young lady online because she's a fan of the music and recited the lyrics as originally recorded by the Fugees? Go fuck yourself. This is stupid. Was it perhaps unwise of her to post it to Instagram's story of her doing it? Yeah. And is this kind of a tricky situation? Because there's so many great hip-hop lyric that obviously include the N-word. Quite the dilemma for non-African Americans. But this this is nothing. This is nothing. I'll, t- I'll tell you for sure. I'll tell you for sure. W- when I'm going through it, sometimes I change the word to ninja. Oftentimes I don't. I'm not posting it on the internet. It's not racist. It's not. And I understand the complaint, and, and I felt this way too. Because hip-hop historically, even though it's black music predominantly, 90-95% of their music purchasing audience is white folks. And I often wonder if one of the reasons white youth gravitates to it so much, or at least a portion of it, is because it gives them an excuse to say the N-word, and it's very liberating to touch the taboo. I wonder about that sometimes. It's certainly not where I would, you know, lip it to a lyric, but there's some dope-ass lyrics that you don't want to fuck up. And you don't do it publicly. So here's the thing about racism. And I... We're all a little racist. Sure. Part of the deal. We're human beings. Our mind needs shortcuts. We can do our best to avoid it, but it's... I don't think you're being honest with yourself if you say there's... there's, there's not a racist bone in my body. Well, there's, there's lots of bones. Even I, even I. Who, uh, I think I can say with a full heart that uh, I've been an ally for a long time in this, uh, in this cause, but I, I clearly need to do more. But, but racism... It's almost like pornography, the way they define that and that they don't define it. It's that you know it when you see it. I think that's true of racism, but I think racism also has to involve malice, you know? To really go after someone, to really attack someone, to really bring them down. Like Donald Sterling, the old owner of the Los Angeles Clippers. There was malice there. And he was right to get his ass kicked out of the NBA. But Gina Rodriguez... Again, Gina Rodriguez, the star, the star, excuse me, of Jane the Virgin. There's no malice here. There's so many real problems in the world. Oh, my God. Concentrate on something more important. Speaking of more important. I told you I was going to share this story about these Nigerian boys. I mean, people are going after Gina Rodriguez (laughs) when shit like this is happening in the world and it's barely making news. I had to seek this out. Nigerian police, their raid frees scores of beaten and starved boys. Dateline Lagos, Nigeria. Beaten, starved, sexually assaulted Chained. For the second time in a month, police in northern Nigeria have raided a building where hundreds of boys were held in dehumanizing conditions. This time, the building was discovered in President Muhammadu. God damn it! It's it's Muhammadu Buhari. Excuse me, uh, Muhammadu Buhari's hometown, the president putting pressure on him to act against the practice of sending children to institutions run by Islamic scholars rather than conventional schools. The children are often sent out on the streets to beg. More than 300 boys had been held in the building raided on Monday. The building was discovered when some of the boys escaped and protested against excessive torture. These kids are being tortured. What if you directed your time and energy towards this instead of online memes of Gina Rodriguez, you fucking idiot? Excuse me, that was a little harsh. Yeah, whatever. Many of those rescued have been sent to the hospital on account of ill treatment they suffered. Some of them are unable to walk because of the injuries they sustained after being chained for several years. Chained for several years. This is happening on earth as we speak. Right now, as you're listening, as you're driving to work, as you're, as you're on your exercise bike, you and your Peloton, this is happening The building's owner and others involved were arrested. 67 boys were rescued. Search parties are looking for the ones who had escaped. Chained for years. Chained for years. Uh. So I was driving to the burrito shack today, and I had Sean Hannity on the radio, which is virtually unlistenable at this point. But remember a couple weeks ago, this happened and I was listening to Hannity and he was doing this gun endorsement and he went off about how the world is this scary, evil, ugly place. And that was such an insight into the psychology of Sean Hannity. His worldview, if, if, if that, if that's your, if that's your, your north star, if that, what's the word that Mike Pence uses? I can't remember. You do. You're so much smarter than me. But if if, if that's your guiding principle in the world, that the world is this scary, evil, ugly place, then this by any means necessary mentality, it. it you can rationalize a lot of bad shit. You can, because the world's not, it's not. But I was listening to Hannity Dale, we had burrito shack and he said it again. He dropped the word scary, but he's like, we all know the world is an evil, ugly place. And it just, it just hit me to my core. I'm like this fucker. Because even my, in my depressed bipolar, low self-esteem. If I'm a Bruce Springsteen lyric, I have ended up like a dog who's been beat too much. A lot of times I'm not sure if I died years ago and this is my hell and one day I'm going to wake up and it's going to be Jesus and he goes, surprise! That's how rough things have been for me. I'm not even 100% sure that I'm alive. There's a chance that I might be enduring some kind of punishment now. There's a there's a possibility you're listening to a dead man. I throwing it out there. And even I recognize and despite all the nonsense that's going on, and yes, there is tragedy and there there is evil, and we can fight it every day to do better and achieve. The, Yearn to do more, excuse me? But this world is full of so much beauty. And anywhere you go in the world, you can find amazing people. There is so much more to love in this world than to hate It just makes me sick to my stomach that this dude, who, frankly, compared to the radio greats, is not fucking one of them, yet still, he's on 570 radio stations five days a week. And then he goes to Fox News for an hour, where he hosts the most-watched show in cable news. And all he does is spew nonsense. Nonsense, lies, misinformation, and propaganda. And there are millions and millions of fellow Americans. That is their one and only exclusive source for news ever. It's the only news they get. The only thing they know is what they hear from Hannity, and that scares me. Because when you have that kind of reach, and you're using that gift to perpetuate a philosophy that the world is this scary, evil, ugly place, When your business model is to monetize fear and hysteria, you're a fucknut. At the end of the day, we all have to ask, are we a net negative or a net positive for society? And you can't tell me that Sean Hannity is a net positive. You can't. Meanwhile, at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, the weirdest fucking thing happened last night. Do you know this story about Harry Dunn? 19-year-old Brit, he was on his motorbike and he was hit by a car driving down the wrong side of the road by the wife of someone who's working on behalf of the American public in England in an official role for the government. And in his job, his family members have what's called diplomatic immunity. But after the wife killed this kid on the bike, she promptly got on the first plate and got her ass back to America. This is a huge story in Britain. And I know we have a lot of listeners in England. Huge story over there. To the point that the Prime Minister, Boris Johnson, is calling his buddy Trump to talk about it. It's a whole hashtag, justice for Harry with the digit four. Big deal in England. They want this woman to come back and face the music. So the parents who are mourning the loss of their child within the last couple weeks, they're actually in America and they were here to lobby the White House to send this woman back to face the justice. And as this meeting happened last night, this I mean, I mean, they just lost a son in the most tragic way. And now it's become this whole international thing. You know, they, they can't even mourn privately. They have to mourn publicly and read about themselves in the news. And again, it's all over Britain. In Trump's infinite wisdom, he's trying to blame it that Boris Johnson suggested it, but I mean... Sorry, President, you've lost all credibility at this point. He thought it was a good idea to create what Nicole Wallace called a Jerry Springer moment and bring the, fa- bring the parents and the woman who killed their son, bring them together. What could possibly go wrong? Well, a lot went wrong the emotional tumult and the gut punch this caused the parents was enough that they told the media that this thing was not cool by any stretch. That happened. And Trump is just, who knows what he's doing at this point Today, he he went on the attack against General Mattis, Mad Dog Mattis. Arguably the greatest Marine of his generation, General Mattis, went off on him. How he's an overrated general. He's absolutely infuriated by this overwhelming House vote condemning his Syria-Turkey move. And over 100 Republicans back that, and it made him furious. So then there's this White House meeting today where Trump was supposed to tell congressional leaders what was going on, what was the plan. I mean, this is serious stuff. People are fucking dying. There's a genocide happening. This meeting turned into such a meltdown that the Democrats had, I mean, this is serious business. The Democrats had to leave the meeting. There's some debate whether or not Trump called Nancy Pelosi, our Speaker of the House, either a a third-grade politician or the expression uh, a third-rate politician. But either way, it's it's described as a meltdown. And I can't I mean, you see Trump in public. I can't imagine what he's like behind closed doors. Even Mitch McConnell. Now, now there are, uh, Trump had one loyal soldier from the House, Kevin McCarthy, and he went out and said, I, I don't know what the Democrats are talking about. I don't. But when Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, the pride of Kentucky, cocaine Mitch, where's that Don Blankenship when you need him, He's the guy from, anyway, anyway. Mitch McConnell refused to go on comment or give any kind of audio recording of this, but he told reporters, and this was his only comment, I didn't make any observations in the meeting. I don't have any to make now. How's that for a ringing endorsement from a statesman? So this thing clearly, clearly, clearly went off the rails. And then there's this letter that Trump put out today that was dated October 9th but he put it out today and I don't know why he thought he would make this better but it's this letter he wrote to President Erdogan of Turkey and you would you you think this is this, this is farce that this is somehow from the onion that this is like this can't really this isn't really how we're doing things is it but apparently it is. This, this letter was, was really sent for God's sake. If you haven't heard it, it's brief. I know a lot of you have, but for the few that haven't. I mean, the president, follow, he's writing in Twitter speak. It's Twitter speak. It was generously called by Aaron Burnett, adolescent at best. Judge for yourself. Dear Mr. President, let's work out a good deal, exclamation point. You don't want to be responsible for slaughtering thousands of people, and I don't want to be responsible for destroying the Turkish economy. And I will. I've already given you a little sample with respect to Pastor Brunson. He was a pastor who was in Turkey in jail, and now he's not anymore. It goes on. I have worked hard to solve some of your problems. There's a lot to unpack there. We'll save that for tomorrow, perhaps. Don't let the world down. You can make a great deal. General Maslum, he's one of the Curtis generals. General Maslum is willing to negotiate with you, and he is willing to make concessions that they would never have made in the past. I am confidentially enclosing a copy of this letter to me just received. History will look upon you favorably if you get this done and right. If you get this done the right and humane way. It will look upon you forever as the devil. If good things don't happen. Don't be a tough guy period, don't be a fool, exclamation point, return, return, I will call you later, I'll call you later, sincerely, Donald J. Trump, President of the United States of America, like, this is, this is fucking happening, like, like, what, what, this is, just absurd. It's just absurd. I swear. It's either president of the United States or the mayor of crazy town. Cause this is, this is fucked. 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 fucked. But now at least we've reached the, uh, the final story of the evening tonight. And it involves the tragedy at Sandy Hook Elementary. And you would think this would be a sad story because this is one of the saddest stories ever, but this is actually a happy story. So hang with me for a second and we'll all leave here with a smile, hopefully. But Leonard Posner, he's a dad. His son was Noah, a six-year-old. He was the youngest of the 26 killed at the Sandy Hook massacre. Well, these two idiots wrote a book called Nobody Died at Sandy Hook. I know catchy title. Apparently, it was it was it was right-wing fire though for conspiracy. They like they ate they, like they sold a lot of fucking books. <laughs> Nobody Died at Sandy Hook. In the book, they claim that this father, Leonard Posner, Noah's dad. They claimed he faked copies of his son's death certificate. And they accused him of being the central figure in the Obama administration's conspiracy to tighten gun regulation. Okay, okay. One of the author's names is James Fetzer, a retired University of Minnesota Duluth professor. And for those, side note, for those that listen to the show intently and have for a long time, remember where Sebastian Gorka, Dr. Seb, remember where he got his doctorate? Uh, University of Minnesota Duluth Halloween store, located just slightly off campus. See, he's a public figure, and that's a joke, so it's not, anyway. But uh, this James Fetzer, the retired University of Minnesota Duluth professor. He was sued and damn right by this Leonard Posner, Noah's dad. He sued him for this book, for defamation. And guess what? Noah's dad won. It took the jury four hours To award him $450,000 from the bank account of James Fetzer, world's worst author. James says he's going to appeal, but I don't think that will go well. The book's co-author, Mike Palachek, he reached a settlement last month with Noah's dad. Terms were not disclosed. And oh, by the way, the biggest champion of this fucking thing. I mean, it, it, it really made him a household name. Alex Jones. Oh, yeah, there's a case against Alex Jones. And it's still pending. I've got my fingers crossed. This bankrupts him. But good for Noah's dad. Good for Leonard Posner. Despite everything that uh, we talked about that's disturbing tonight, most of the time, not all the time, but most of the time, we're really lucky to have a justice system that works. It's not perfect. It needs major, major reforms, but it's still the best in the world. We have a long ways to go. But compared to how our ancestors had it, things are things are moving in the right direction. That's for sure. How do we do, fishbee? Thank you for being over there and keeping me calm. Perfect emotional support, Fishbowl. Uh, for those of you that, that you just won't let me out of here without a finale, uh, it doesn't seem appropriate for the artist formerly known as Bulla de Fuego. I will tell you this, uh, NASA. All female spacewalk gonna happen for the first time ever. And I'm confident there will be a a a, a pornography uh uh produced by someone, and it'll be on Pornhub very soon. It won't, it won't be the astronauts, it'll be, you know, a parody, but it's rest assured, it's happening. They, they they do everything. And uh oh, Angela Lansbury, Murder She Wrote, not to be confused with the Hallmark Sensation show, Murder She Baked. Different show. Murder, she wrote. Murder, she baked. Different shows. 94 years old today. Flea of the Red Hot Chili Peppers, one of the world's probably top 10 living bass players. 57 years old today. Happy birthday, Flea. And that's it for tonight. Uh, and you know what? We, we got so many good questions today. Uh, my sincere apologies to everyone who submitted them and Fish Bee for curating them, but we made the creative decision that this was the way to go. I don't, if we chose right, I, I'm honestly not hundred percent sure, but I had to go with my gut on this one. Anyway, we'll, uh, we'll be back tomorrow. We are Bob's fishbowl. We're here Monday through Friday. The show's up every single weeknight by 10 Pacific, 10 p.m. Certainly not a.m. What kind of... I don't, I don't work mornings anymore, my friend. This is an evening affair when the sun goes down and the moon comes up. Oh, yeah. Anyway, I love you. Uh, have, have, have the best day ever. And uh, do me a favor, meet me back here tomorrow. And uh, if you haven't yet subscribed to this podcast, my goodness, uh, you'd think there's a hard sell coming here, but I'm not in charge of you. Do whatever you want. Uh, Love ya. Adios. Till manana.